0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 76. Family cruising is at the heart of what a Royal Caribbean cruise is, and that includes going even with youngest ones. Traveling with very young children on a cruise can be a very exciting family vacation, and so this week, I'm sharing tips, tricks, and secrets to taking a Royal Caribbean cruise with infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. Here we go. Cruising with young children is something that's been on my mind for quite a while now. I have a four-year-old daughter at the time of the recording, and we're ready to welcome our second child in just a couple days here, in fact. And having young children doesn't mean you can't take a cruise. I know some people might shy away from potentially taking a cruise if you've got infants, preschoolers because of some of the issues that can arise when you're trying to plan a cruise. But the reality is, and the truth is, and from my own personal experience, I can tell you that you can absolutely go on a Royal Caribbean cruise with young children. It's really, in fact, one of the best ways to travel. So let's this week take a look at all the kind of ways and what you need to know about cruising with young children because Royal Caribbean has really changed their game in terms of accommodating younger children. I remember. Many years ago, things like a nursery and a lot of the child care and services for the very young children were just not present, right? It was just a matter of parents being the responsible for all that kind of entertainment. Things didn't really start until you got to three and four years old with Adventure Ocean. But that's changed a lot over the last couple of years. And with the Royal Revitalizations, nearly every ship now in the fleet has at least a nursery and a lot of other great facilities to help make a cruise vacation with young children that much easier. So if you're bringing a toddler on board... There are certainly some hurdles to overcome, but as long as you're well aware and you're prepared, I think it can be a very doable and great way to travel. In fact, I will not hesitate to take my newest-born child, who's going to be just about seven months old when we cruise on her first cruise in July on Freedom of the Seas on board because we know it's going to be a great time. So. First question, is your child old enough to cruise? It's important to note that Royal Caribbean requires infants sailing on a cruise must be at least six months old on the first day of their cruise. Now, for Transatlantic, transpacific, Hawaii, and other South American and other selected cruises in general, the infant must be at least 12 months old on the first day of the cruise in order to cruise. So make sure you keep that in mind when you're booking anything. First thing I gotta tell you is make sure you bring plenty of supplies. Like any parent will ever tell you, there's never, there's no such thing as too much anything. Diapers, wipes, formulas, toys spare clothing, all these things are very, very important. I remember we went on a cruise. I forget which ship it was exactly. I want to say it was probably Freedom of the Seas. And we went on the Western Caribbean route, and we actually were running really low on formula at one point during the end of the cruise. And we got to Cozumel, and my wife said we have to go get more formula just in case. It wasn't like we were definitely going to run out, but there was a good chance of it happening. Long story, it didn't happen. But we ended up actually going to a supermarket in Cozumel to go get more Supplies actually to get more formula. We never actually used it because we were kind of leery about using formula from Mexico. But nonetheless, it's important to bring as much supplies as you can. Now, the good thing, unlike the airlines, Royal Caribbean doesn't charge you if you know if you've got an extra bag or two. Of course, you have to get that extra bag or two with you over there, so you may pay that on the if you're flying. But regardless, bring as much supplies as you can. And certainly, what might make sense also is to figure out how much you're going through before you go on your cruise, so you know you know that as your child grows, they require different amounts of food, wipes, diapers, all that good stuff. So you got to figure out that kind of stuff beforehand. A couple weeks before, I always recommend going through and kind of taking a good accounting of how much you're using, give or take these days, and then figuring out how, you know, scale that out to the length of your cruise. And therein you have, of course, how much you're going to need at the very least to give you a ballpark idea of what you need to pack for supplies. And honestly, I would still go above and beyond. I, I've told other people, you know what, 25% above that number is probably a good starting point because, again, it's better to come back with more supplies than having to figure out, okay, where can we buy this or that? And odds are you're either going to get overcharged for it or you're going to have to be like me and you know buy something you're not totally comfortable with in, in a foreign country. So keep that in mind. Now, in terms of childcare, well, Adventure Ocean begins at three years old, and and that's something we'll kind of cover in a little bit. Let's start off with what's available for children that are between six months and three years old. So there's a couple different things that Royal Caribbean has for you, and that's going to be encompassed in the Royal Babies and Tots program. This is kind of a newer program that's, again, targeted towards younger children of that age. Again, six months all the way up to just under three years old. Now, there's a couple different options that are encompassed with this. On some of the older ships that don't have a nursery, let's start there. That's kind of the lowest common denominator. There are some options for you. Certainly, there is something called in-room babysitting. So in-room babysitting is something that's available usually in the evenings. It's just what it sounds like. You get to hire a babysitter from Royal Caribbean. They're just crew members. They may work wherever on the ship. And they're people that kind of sign up for it. So what you do is you go to guest relations and you say, I'd like an interim babysitter. You could either do that night or you could schedule it out uh, nights in advance. I would actually recommend doing it in advance, not just showing up like an hour before you need the, the sitter. And tell them, you know, you like a, a sitter. There's no guarantees about any of these, by the way. They may they may, they may not be any. There may not be enough. But it's a first-come, first-served basis. You basically go to guest services, tell them what you want. They'll try their best to – it's basically they go back behind the scenes and there's like a sign up board and they'll contact certain people that have been that done this in the past and they can come and be your babysitter. Basically this is how it works is you they come to your stateroom, they meet you with the child and it's a nineteen dollars per hour. Now officially it's nineteen dollars per hour per child in my experience, it's actually just $19 per hour per stateroom. We are actually traveling with a friend of ours who had a child of basically the same age. So we had two kids, and we were able to put them in the same room for the for just $19 an hour. What's great about it, actually, not only were they, were they the babysitter great, it's actually two babysitters. They had one to kind of watch the kid, and the other one's kind of like a liability. Like, you know, if one... Something's happening, and 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 the the babysitter is distracted for whatever reason. You know, there's someone else there to kind of you know back them up, so to speak. It was great; it was wonderful. I'd highly recommend it. It is pricey, nineteen dollars an hour, and it's only in the evening, so it's not going to help you during the daytime. But to have a couple of nice dinners out was totally worth it for us, and certainly in the absence of the nurseries, we'll talk about in just a little bit. It was a great choice, and I would highly recommend it without a doubt. The best choice is still going to be the Royal Babies and Tots Nursery. This is just like it's like daycare essentially for your child. They don't have them on every ship yet, but they've been building them and adding them to lots and lots of ships. So there's a good chance, especially if you're going on any of the newer ships in the fleet, the Oasis class, quantum class, even the freedom class ships, you're going to have it on here. So this is great. And this is one of the best ways to really get supervised childcare. It costs much less than in the interim babysitting. And it allows you to last the child to have a lot more range of what's going on. They're open for, children between the age of 6 and 36 months, and basically it's daycare. You drop them off, you pay the price. Unlike Adventure Ocean, there is an additional cost to this. On Freedom of the Seas, the cost was $8 per hour, which I thought was a steal, because honestly, it was worth it to be able to get, again, some alone time for, for us, the adults. And you drop the child off, they give you a phone that works, it's one of those phones that only work on the ship, and that way they can call you if you have any problems, you can call them if you want to check in, and it's just an hourly basis, and it's usually available during the dinner hours all the way up to... I don't remember if it was open till. I know it was open till at least midnight. It may have been actually been open a little longer if we wanted, so like maybe 1 or 2 a.m. But basically, it's supervised fur. They have cribs. They can feed the kids. There's an area for them to play if they're – it's kind of just whatever the kid is up to. If you've ever – if you kids go to daycare, it's basically that kind of an experience. And really great facilities. Since most of these are brand new, they they had actually in the past teamed up with Fisher Price. They don't – they're that, that – Corporate sponsorship isn't there anymore, but obviously the product uh, of of that whole sponsorship is still there. It's a great little facility. I would really recommend it, and it's great because there's an area for the kids to nap in if they want to. It's a separate room, closed off. It's dark in there, so they can sleep if that's what they want to do, or the kids can play. My daughter, she loved it. She was just she was watching TV. The, the, she made the counselors play this movie, uh, uh, Tangled, like a bazillion times. So it was fun. They, I mean, the the only downside I can tell you about, it, if you want to call it that is they basically mash up all kids between six months and 36 months. So the two-and-a-half-year-olds can be playing with the nine-months-old. Yeah, that's not ideal necessarily because obviously the older kids don't quite understand some of the issues with the younger children. Uh, But at the same time, it's still something to be uh, worth it. and It wouldn't stop me from doing it, just kind of something to keep in mind. And certainly if there's any, I don't know, issues there, you could bring that up. But certainly the nursery is a great experience and... I think for us as adults, it really made our cruise that much better because we, you know, we, we love our daughter, right? And eating with her at dinner time with the formality of sitting down and the fact that it takes an hour or so. I mean, yeah, you can distract them to some extent with with you know iPads and, and stuff like that, but it was far more relaxing. We felt to pay a little bit of money and have a couple nights for us especially when we went to places like Chops and some of those other specialty restaurants. I mean, we just wanted to have that kind of, not only just the restaurant, but afterwards as well. We can go have a drink. We can go dancing. We can go do other, whatever activities around the ship, see a show. So this opened up a lot of other things that otherwise would have really kind of been not available to us. And again, the cost, $8 per hour compared to the – what I told you earlier about the essentially $20 an hour for in-room babysitting. I mean, it's it's – no comparison. Now, just like the interview thing, there is a limit on it. You can make reservations for the nursery, and I would recommend it. So if there's especially like formal nights, if there's a night you know you want to go out, you made that reservation for, for Chop's Grill or Giovanni's or my beloved Izumi, well, then you're going to want to make sure you make a reservation in advance. I would actually recommend going there and this is true for Adventure Ocean and everything else, go there on the first day of your, of your cruise in the evening. Sometimes they have a usually an open house on the first day. They're not doing anything. But you can go there. You can get your kid all registered, signed up and everything. Get all the details you need. You can scope it out for yourself. Talk to the counselors, all that good stuff. And that way, you can also make reservations and otherwise show up. On our cruise, now, great. This was a September cruise, if I'm not mistaken. So not a lot of kids on board to begin with. There were, I think there was maybe one or two nights where it was they came close to capacity. But generally speaking, the the only good thing, I guess, with cruising with young children is there aren't that many young children. Most families that are cruising, I think, are going with older children, certainly children of the age of Adventure Ocean. So certainly something that kind of plays in your way. But again, if you want to be assured of something, just make the reservation. There's really no harm in it. It's not like you're going to lose out on anything. But. Really, that nursery is a wonderful option. Now, Royal Rokrime does offer a couple other things. They offer something called Babies to Go, which is where a program where you can essentially pre-order things like Huggies diapers, wipes, and creams, and baby food. Basically, it's like you can it's like the it's like the drink packages, but for for babies, you can order these kinds of things to go. So that way, you don't have to pack them. They're available to purchase, and the thing is, I think they're not exactly going to be the best value out there by any means, but. It can be certainly uh, something if you want to. Again, if you are traveling from somewhere very far and you don't want to pay a lot of money for packing, you know, in terms of the airline fees, or or just you just want to haul a lot of stuff with you, then using Babies to Go might be a good thing. I'll put a a link in the show notes of the phone number you can use to purchase the package. But they are available, and you should be aware that uh, that's something to uh, kind of you know be be uh, aware of. Another really good program that Royal Caribbean offers is, is playtime that is available on I, all ships. I've had this even on Jewel of the Seas as an example, which a ship doesn't have a nursery or, or really any facilities for young children, but – on pretty much all Royal Crimson ships, you'll find the sponsored playtime. These are basically times where you'll see them in your cruise compass. There's a specific room. They set up a bunch of toys. They invite other children to come play. And basically, that's what it is. It's an open area for kids to play together. Now, it, they do require the parents to come there, so it's not supervised. You have to supervise your own children. But in, in many cases, it's a great opportunity for kids to play together. It's something for them to do during the daytime. I do think... For young children under the age of three that don't have the advantage of an Adventure Ocean, you kind of run into that thing. What can my kids do during the day? The very again, young children can do during the daytime, and you know there's so many. There's only so many options to do. So having group playtime is yet another option for them. And there are toys. Uh, there's just it's just child energy. Kids just love playing with each other. It Doesn't matter. There could be cardboard boxes there, and they would have a great time. And essentially, the the, the they're usually Adventure Ocean staff. They come. They bring a shuffle bag full of toys put them out there and it's a great little communal event and for toddlers it's a, it's a wonderful thing usually lasts about an hour or two but i think we went to all of them and my daughter loved it it seems like a lot of the kids really got a kick out of it and you know for adults you're kind of just sitting on the periphery just watching make sure the kids don't hit each other or do anything like that but otherwise it's a great little activity and something i recommend So in terms of planning for your cruise and what you as an adult need to keep in mind, a couple things I do recommend, to bring the stroller and not to bring the stroller. I'm definitely on the side of bringing a stroller because, as you know, when in doubt, strollers always make things a whole lot easier, especially for naps and when you're in port. When you're on the ship, not a big deal. In fact, you probably won't use your stroller at all when you're on the ship. But when you're going around ports of call that you're visiting, having a stroller just makes everybody's life easier. You get to push the child. Child can take a nap. They can just sit back. They can be out of the sun a little bit. Uh, I would definitely recommend a stroll that has a reclining option so they can't take that nap again. It just, you know, if if you want to have a full day experience, it's the best way to be able to walk around a a city or the beach or wherever and have an area for them to be able to go to sleep. And you know that it's going to be kind of comfortable and kind of, you know, known to them, so to speak. Now, in terms of your stateroom, there are cribs available, so don't worry about packing a pack plate. play You don't need to do that. It's just a lot of extra space and costs you don't have to worry about. Royal Caribbean provides a crib for your child free of charge to sleep in. You just need to reserve it, just like if you were doing – when you make a reservation, just let them know, hey, we need a crib. You may have to remind your stateroom attendant upon – when you get to your stateroom, hey, we need a crib in this room. I've had – sometimes they've had it. They're waiting for me. Sometimes they haven't, but just letting them know they'll be able to get one for you. The other thing we really recommend and found worked really well is – to take one of a, a spare comforter and use that as a mattress. So basically, you put that on the bottom. And of course, this works better for your older, older younger children. Children that are, you know, not, not. I wouldn't put this for a six month old, but you know, ones that can roll over on their own and all all that. Uh, that really helped. We felt to make the sleeping experience a little bit better, and that way, it can really make it a whole lot easier. So again, talk to your travel agent or book it directly in advance so that way it'll be waiting in nursery and you don't have to worry about it on your first day. Some other things that you need to worry oh naps. Oh, where would we be without naps, right? For adults as well. But for the younger children, man, I'll tell you those naps can really be the difference between a fun day and a not so fun day. So if you want to keep your children's sanity, make sure you try your best to keep that nap schedule going. On ship days or sea days rather, it's actually really easy because you're you're at sea already, so I just go back to the room. I recommend, you know, bring a book with you. On Some of the newer ships, at least, you know, like maybe Quantum of the Seas, you have that pervasive Wi-Fi everywhere, so you can maybe, you know, bring your smartphone, listen to some music, whatever it is you have to do, but I really recommend going back to the room for it. If your kid is a sound sleeper and you can do it by the pool, great, but we felt going back to the room, going into their crib, got the best quality sleep for them, and, you know, the one thing that a lot of people try to do, and I've, I've done this too, I, I am guilty of the, Quote, we can just power through their nap time, end quote, idea. It sounds great. It, it makes perfect sense in, my, in your mind. It never works out really well. And I will tell you, it's just, it's asking for problems. I really recommend the naps. Now, in poor days, it's a little tougher to do, right? Because oftentimes, you know, the nap time comes around and maybe you've only been in port for an hour or two. Not so easy. So that's, again, the stroller definitely helps. If you're at a beach, try bringing, you know, make sure you can kind of get in a shady area. Uh, you get some beach chairs. As long as you can get some nap is better than no nap. So certainly, if you can make that happen, just try to make it kind of your part of your plan as best you can. Um, now, in terms of what they can do on board, of course, there are plenty of things for little kids to do. Certainly, just running around the ship is fun for them. There are certain ships that have special pools just for young children uh, in the Aqua Zones. Usually, the Freedom Class, the Oasis Class, and the Quantum Class all do. And these are areas where, in fact, just young children are allowed in here. We've actually seen my daughter would be in there and some older child, an older, I mean, you know, maybe five, let's say, tries to come in there. And the pool police, whatever they're called, the, the crew members come immediately over and kick those kids out. These are just for young know, children. It's great. It's about the size of a small closet. And it's basically there, the the baby's ankle deep water. So no, no danger here at all. Little running water on the side and it's great. I mean, it's just, you know, they they can bring a little bathing suit. You can sit over there. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and for adults, there's a little ledge for you to put your feet in. You can sit in. You can go in there with your child if you like. But it's really cool. And it is important, though, of course, that you bring a pool diaper. That's always important for these. You cannot bring, however, your children into the other pool. So You can't bring your diaper child into the main pool or even the kids, the other kids area. It's it's definitely a rule about the, even swim diapers, so you can't do that. The ocean is fine; you can do that wherever you want. But for Royal Caribbean's pools, you're not going to be able to do that. So just the baby pool is available for you for the infants and toddlers. And you know what? It's a great place for them. Honestly, they really get a kick out of it. So when you're planning your cruise, if you're going on a cruise with young children, keep that in mind. And we went on Jewel of the Seas, which does not have one of these pools with my daughter, and. You know, it was kind of a it was kind of an issue, but we had, of course, a port intensive cruise, so we weren't too worried about it because we only had one sea day, so we could figure, eh, we can keep her going on one day without the pool access. But if I was going on, say, a seven night cruise that had like three or four sea days, yeah, I'd want to go on a ship that has one of these baby pools. So make sure you look for that, especially. Another good tip also about infant clothing, as we all know, look, (laughs) try as we may. I don't know how they do it, but these little kids get their clothes dirty all the time. Not just like, you know, a little stain here, you know, covered in whatever they're eating. They run into something, who knows what, you know, what happens. So you can pack as much as you can, but you don't have to pack. Overpack in terms of just you know bringing their entire wardrobe with them. There is an option for you to be able to wash your clothes. Two options. One, of course, you can send out to dry cleaning. I think it's a little bit overkill and quite frankly expensive. But there is a one little option for you, and I think this works out really well. My wife does it. She loves it. Doesn't love it, but <laughs> she, she finds it a good idea. Let's put it that way. To be able to use those single detergent powder packets and washing a couple baby clothes at a time in your sink in your stateroom. Now, baby clothes are so small that you can actually. This is fairly manageable and it can be a great way actually, you know, to be able to reuse a shirt or two, some onesies here and there on your cruise so that way you don't have to pack, you know, as much. Again, it's little things that help and those little detergent powder packs you can buy at the dollar store or wherever you happen to get those kinds of things. They're very inexpensive and I think it can be a great option for you as well. Another thing, you know, when you're planning your cruise and you're bringing young children, here's an idea, invite other people to go with you. Seriously, invite your parents, invite your siblings, invite cousins, Basically, the more adults you bring, the more potential babysitters you have. And having someone who can take their kid, even for like 10 minutes, <laughs> makes a big deal. And people like, you know what, your family and friends are going to want to spend time with your child. They find that fun, you know, for a little bit, obviously. And that gives you a break. So having backup for you can really make a big difference. In terms of you know having a fun cruise, just not not just for your child but also for you as well, and of course sharing that kind of a, a an experience among everybody is always a great time, right? Who doesn't enjoy multi generational cruising? It's it's really what's what's hip these days, and and I really think that's going to be a big uh, consideration. So invite plenty of your friends and family; it'll be great for everybody involved. It's it's win win for everyone. In closing, I'll say cruising with young children is a great experience. I wouldn't trade it. I I think a lot of people are overlooking it as a possible option and I would definitely recommend if you've got young children do not avoid a Royal Caribbean cruise because I'll tell you it is a wonderful thing and both for you and for them. Alright, it's time to answer your Royal Caribbean emails, and of course you can email us if you want your email read by emailing matt at blog.com M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And let us begin with our first email of the day, and that is from Max in Massillon, Ohio. And Max writes, Me and my wife are only about a month away from our cruise on Liberty Visees out of Fort Lauderdale. I was wondering if you have any advice on a pre-cruise hotel. I would love to stay somewhere with a view of the port so I can see the ships because I'm a cruise nerd, and I think that's cool. Love your podcast. P.S. Can't wait for my first Labadoozzi. Max, you're off to a great planning start there. The Labadoozzi is on the top of the priority list. I totally agree with that. All right. Hotels in Fort Lauderdale. You know, there's a lot of great choices in here. Actually, for this, I went to one of my good friends, Annette Owens, who's a uh, travel agent at MEI Travel, and she stayed here a couple different times. She's tried a number of hotels, actually. And she's big fans of the Embassy Suites that's right in the port at Fort Lauderdale. It's very close. It's not on the beach, but it is very, very close to the ship. In fact, it's really great if you want to be able to get from your hotel to the ship very easily. And, of course, being close to the port, you think theoretically you should be able to see the ships a little bit. They're kind of, the way the port's up is a little different, but that'd be your, a really good choice. Another option also is the Holiday Inn, which is about a block away. And the Holiday Inn does feature actually a park and shuttle. That's included with the hotel stay. So if you're interested in bringing your own car down to maybe you're driving somewhere in the you're from the southeast or you're just like driving a lot and you need to park your car somewhere, you can kill two birds one stone where you need to pay for a night at the hotel and you get to park your car there for the week. So not a bad deal. Hopefully, Max, that'll help you out in terms of getting a good spot. These are good hotels with good reviews, good reputations, and not a bad price. Also, so. Hopefully that helps you out. Thank you very much, Max. Moving on, we have an email from Christopher Percy, who writes, Hi Matt, episode 74 regarding the spa, my wife's favorite quote-unquote activity on the ship. We've noticed since Royal Caribbean changed to Canyon Ranch Spa, the prices have skyrocketed. Oh well, happy wife, happy life. Your review was very helpful and will definitely assist all cruisers in making the right decision for them. Happy New Year to you and your family as well. Thank you, Christopher. A very nice email. I always appreciate hearing from you say that every episode. It's absolutely true. And I'm glad you were able to share your thoughts. You know, my wife, just like yours, loves that spa. And it's hard to go wrong when when you're talking about making, keeping them happy. It's it's all good for everybody included, right? Well, let's go to our next email. And it is from Jen from Boston, Massachusetts. Hi, Matt. I really appreciate your podcast this week and every week, in fact. My family will be going on adventure this season in just a few weeks. January 18th for a seven-night cruise out of Puerto Rico. We cannot wait. I pre-purchased the fire and ice pedicure, $70 plus 18% gratuity, for my mom's birthday and ended up purchasing one for myself. This will be our first time trying the spa treatment, although we've had sweetest massages, acupuncture, and other treatments. I'll let you know how it goes. That's great. You know, it's always be nice to be able to pre-purchase that kind of thing. That way, it's a little gift. Helps break up the costs as well, so you're not getting just hit with one huge bill at the end. And I like, Jen, that you bought it for your mom and then said, yeah, you know what? I want one too. Why not? Right? You're on vacation. So let us know how that pedicure works out. And uh, we're going to round things out here with an email from Patrick in Wisconsin. And Patrick writes, been listening to this show since the beginning and appreciate the work you do, especially with the blog as well. Just listen to the latest episode in which you inspired me to write in. That being said, I'm relatively new to Royal Caribbean within the past few years, and I've become addicted to say the least. I won my first cruise in January 2013 on Navigator of the Seas and then a second trip last February on Freedom. This year, I planned a back-to-back set for next month on Majesty of the Seas and then Independence of the Seas. I'm working on final planning for excursions, and with that, I have a few questions for you. Any suggestions for what to do in Miami, Fort Lauderdale? I have a few extra days in the area, and I'm looking for things to do with my wife. Well, Miami and Fort Lauderdale, as you might imagine, are pretty big on the beach scene. So if you're going there, you're probably going to go to the beaches. I mean, that's really what you're going to Fort Lauderdale for. And Port Everglades is right in, obviously, Fort Lauderdale. So there's a lot of beaches and great nightlife, in fact. So it's a combination of during the daytime, you should be at the beach... And at night, you can actually walk around those same beaches, but there's a lot of different places going on. I'm not sure if you're partying necessarily, but there's a lot of entertainment certainly at night. And I think that's really the basic thing to do. You can, I would recommend you know checking out what a site like TripAdvisor might recommend to some of the best things to do there. But I mean, there's some museums and things like that. But let's be honest. I mean, really, I mean, there's the International Swimming Hall of Fame as I'm looking at it right now. But... If you're going to Fort Lauderdale or Miami, you're going there for the experience of going to the beaches. Miami has a little bit more to offer, but it's going to require a little bit of a car ride. I mean... From there, it's about 30 minutes away, give or take, depending on traffic, and you know, there's a little more culture in Miami in terms of the history and food and all that good stuff, but again, it's a little further away, and for me, when we've done cruises out of Fort Lauderdale, we've just basically stayed in the Fort Lauderdale area. It just makes it simpler, but hey, if you want to visit there, there's a little more options, so hopefully that makes sense for you. Moving on, Patrick also wants to know, for NASA, it seems pretty clear that Atlantis is the main attraction, but... It seems incredibly pricey, like $165 per person for just the water park. Do you recommend doing the official Royal Caribbean excursion here, or is there a cheaper alternative? There absolutely is a cheaper alternative, although I can't say it's going to be nearly on the same kind of fun in terms of the beach and water park, but one of my favorite things to do in Nassau is a walking tour. Nassau has... It's not the best port in the world, let's be honest, okay? But I do think it has a little bit of culture, a little bit of history, and it's actually you can do this all for free. I've got a great little walking tour that I've done, and I'll go through it really quickly as, a, as an option. Basically, you start out on Bay Street, which is that main thoroughfare with all the shops. It's really cool to walk around. I do think it's worth seeing once you walk around, check out all the different things they have there. They have a lot of good liquor, in fact, if you're interested in that kind of thing. You usually have good deals on that, and there's a there's a pirate museum that's on Bay Street, so and and it's a great little way to walk. So you walk down Bay Street, you'll see there's a straw market. And again, good shopping there. To be able to pick up a few trinkets for people at home. And then you basically start doing what's essentially a circle. And you're gonna start walking uphill to Christ Church, which is just a few minutes uh away. And it's it's what it's actually a really beautiful church, and you know, regardless of the it's not even a religious thing in terms of why you're going there, you just wanna be able to first of all you get out of the sun, which is always nice and you walk into somewhere nice and cool, but they have really beautiful windows, and it's really a nice little thing to see. Then you keep walking up the hill, and you're going to eventually find a large statue of Christopher Columbus, and he's kind of looking down at the city below in Nassau. It's really cool, and of course, there's a there's a big connection between Christopher Columbus and the Bahamas, so it's it's a neat little uh, thing to see. And then uh, right nearby, you're gonna now you're done walking uphill. That's the good news. You're going to be walking now more laterally so to speak and there is a nice little uh, fort that's going to allow you to be able to it's called Fincastle fort it's a neat caribbean fort, are always a great piece of history to be able to see and you some really great photos in fact because it's right perched at the top of the hill you can see usually you can see your cruise ship if the weather's good right down below and if any other ships are in port it's a really a nice experience you know for the history but just for the view i like that And then basically you come down to what's called the Queen's Staircase, which I'm not going to pretend to know the exact history of it, it's been a few years since I've been down there, but it's a pretty cool staircase that was built way back when and it's an impressive engineering feat. And it's all downhill, so it's pretty easy to go to. And that brings you right back down to the shopping. So you can pretty much do this walking tour within, I would say, an hour, depending on how slow or fast you walk. But it's really not bad. It's a good way to spend the day, especially if you've never been in Nassau before. And it's something I've done, and it really was something we enjoyed. Lastly, Patrick wants to know, for San Juan, we're hoping to do the Bacardi Tour, but I don't see it listed on a rail's excursion list. Have you done this before? And if so, any suggestions or info on transportation, price, etc.? So I have done the Bacardi Tour. I actually did it on a trip. We went to San Juan for, like, a vacation, not a cruise. We just happened to be going there. And we heard it was something to do. So we're like, okay, let's go check it out. I'll be honest. I didn't love it. I thought it's kind of just a. I mean, you're visiting a factory, right? That's just producing a singular product. So a lot of it is kind of not. It's not a sales pitch. It's just like <laughs> sip the Kool Aid kind of experience. Like, hey, look, you know what you need to make. You know, blah blah blah. It's all about Bacardi. 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 As more so than I think. Like, hey, this is how rum is made. It was fine, but I really wouldn't make it like the center of my trip. And certainly, if you're only there for a couple of hours, I think there's much better history to be seen and, and there's a lot more to do in, in Old San Juan than go to the Bacardi tour, unless you've been there many many times. And this is like, you know, and this is just something different to do, then yeah, I could see that. But I don't think it's, it wouldn't make my top five or 10 list of things to do in San Juan. I've mentioned this on other podcast episodes, and in fact, I did a whole episode about visiting San Juan. Patrick, you can check that out. I'll post a link in the show notes to it, if I remember. And uh, that will allow you to be able to see everything that's really in, in about old San Juan. And you can notice in the episode, I don't mention the Bacardi tour. I think it's for good reason because it's just I, I just don't, I don't love it. It's not bad. I just didn't love it, so I, I'm not going to recommend it necessarily. But if you do want to get down there, probably the easiest thing to do is take a taxi. I don't remember the price. It also depends where you're coming from, but it shouldn't cost you all that much money. It's basically across from Old San Juan. It's it's not in, I don't think it's in San Old San Juan. It's just in regular Old San Juan, <laughs> regular San New San Juan, whatever they want to call it, and it's not too far away. But it can be something to do. I think Royal Caribbean might offer an excursion through there. So you might want to check that out. Maybe just make it simpler. I don't think there's that much of a price difference other than just get the taxi price. But hey, there's a little bit of a cost to the tour itself. Although they do give you free rum. There's a couple of drinks that are available to you. So maybe not a bad thing to do. Just, again, not my favorite thing in the whole world. So. Hopefully that helped you out there, Patrick, and thanks for checking us out. And, of course, speaking of checking us out, you know, I like to always read the iTunes reviews that we get on Royal Caribbean Blog Podcasts because, of course, if you post a great review on iTunes, it helps other people check out the show. It's one of the best ways you can say thank you to the podcast by writing these reviews on iTunes, and I want to recognize everybody who does that because it really does make a difference, and we've got two this week to read to you. First, it's from flounder Eight. And Flounder8 writes, I am an avid Royal Caribbean cruiser. I've been listening to Matt's podcast for a long time. He does a great job capturing the excitement of cruising and the highs and low points, not many, of Royal Caribbean. I love the weekly topics and questions from listeners. Listening to Matt's podcast each week is what helps me get through between cruises. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Flounder8. And we also have a review from boltswin 67 Great podcast each week. Useful information on Royal Caribbean cruises delivered in a relaxed and welcoming way. Awesome. Wow. What can I say? Two- Amazing reviews. the guy. It really, I really appreciate the very kind words. That that means a lot to me. And of course, thank you for helping support the podcast. And again, we want to hear from you as well. We love, I really do love reading these emails. It's a great way for us to connect together and, and share the cruising experience. So if you've got a email, a thought, if you've got a question, you can email it. In. If you just want to say hello, I love reading hello emails. You can email me, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.